You're listening to a message provided by Antioch Bible Baptist Church in Gladstone, Missouri. We intend this to be a helpful resource to you as you grow in your walk with Jesus Christ. This is intended especially for those who are unable to attend our worship gatherings and therefore were unable to hear the teaching of God's Word. This should not replace your gathering with our church as a member. If you're checking us out for the first time and are looking for a church to visit, we hope that you enjoy this content and that it impacts you personally. Thanks for listening. Father, thank you today for the privilege of gathering. Thank you for your greatness and your goodness. You are a God who is present. You're not some distant, detached deity. You're a God that's right here in this room with us, and we're grateful for that. We thank you for the the gift of missions. Uh, You are a missional God, and help us as a church to continue living out missions. We pray that you would, even from our church, and even in this room today, call out and encourage someone, somebody to say yes to go to some place, some nation, to be a part of a missionary. We need to be a missionary right here in Gladstone in Kansas City. Use our lives in our neighborhoods. Use our lives in our work environment, Father, to make a difference in the lives of others. So we thank you today for the privilege of gathering. We thank you for the gift of your word that we can look in today to be reminded what it means to be a missional church. And so we give these moments to you, we pray in Jesus' name. And together, church, we said, amen. Amen. High on God's to-do list is to reach the nations of the world. God is a, we would call a missionary God. And God has called you and I, even where we live in this region and in this city, to use your gifts, to use your, your service, to use what you know to make a difference in the lives of others. We're going to look today at different sections of Scripture on missions and with the question, why missions matter. We look at four different sections of Scripture. First, missions matter because missions champions gospel transformation. Missions champions gospel transformation. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 14 through 16, Paul says, I am under obligation both to the Greeks and to the barbarians. The word barbarian means the word of a foreigner, uh, one who spoke a foreign language, both to the wise and the foolish. Paul says in verse 15, so I am eager, I am I'm ready and I'm willing to preach or declare the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I love the way Paul opens up this book of Romans. I am under obligation. It's like the fifth, it's the way that Paul says, I have have a debtor. In in essence, you and I are debtors to the gospel. And Paul was a gospel leader and he had a heart for the gospel. He wasn't ashamed of the gospel. I, I think sometimes even in my life and perhaps even in your life, I hate to admit that, but just I I I should have said something to someone and I I just didn't do it. Maybe you never have done that before, but I, I feel like, man, I'm just, I was ashamed of the gospel. I didn't, I didn't step up and just say something. And the Apostle Paul reminds us, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Amen, church? It's easy in this room to say that, but when we walk out of these doors and we go to work tomorrow in our neighborhood, sometimes we back off. I love what Paul says, and he says this idea, I am under obligation. Paul lived with a commitment to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the gospel is the good news of the death 
burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The word gospel was a word that first came together in Rome. It was the euangelion. It meant the best news possible. And so if the emperor of that time had a birthday, it was the best news possible. If they conquered a certain region of the world, that was the best news possible. If they won a battle in a war, that was the best news possible. They had a, a child born, it was the best. And with, the, with, with that, it was like anything he wanted to do, it was the best news. And, and the gospel, then Jesus began to, to talk about the gospel and said, hey, the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen, church? Perhaps your life, I hope in this room, has been challenged and directed to put your faith and trust in person of Jesus Christ. And the primary thrust of missions that Paul is giving to us in Romans chapter 1 is the transformational power of the gospel to change a person's life. I came to Christ when I was 16 years old. God changed the trajectory of my life. In this room today, there's many of you I know in this room have put your faith in Christ, and you had that defining moment, amen, of the gospel. Your, your life was changed. And perhaps even today in this room, you haven't put your faith and trust in Christ. The Bible says we're all sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. We've all sinned. And we're short of the glory and the greatness of God. But whoever calls upon his name, the name of Jesus, you can have a relationship with God. You can be saved just in a moment. And Paul had that passion for the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ changes lives. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 through 4, Paul again talks to the church at Philippi. Paul was in prison and he writes this letter to his believers there, and he says this in verse 3, I thank my God in all of my remembrance. I like that, not just my remembrance of you, but all my remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership from the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this. He said, I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. In this passage, and particularly in the book of Philippians, Paul champions the priority of partnership to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. The advancement of the gospel is not just about Pastor Steve or Pastor Bob or one or two people here. We're all in, amen, church? It's all about all of us together with the gospel. We, we get to partner and to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love partnership. I, I love being a part of Antioch together at Antioch, that we can partner together and make a difference around the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is a great gift that God's given to us. He says in this passage, that phrase, he who began a good work in you. That phrase, he who began a good work in you, represents the good work of reaching people with the gospel. In his commentary, Peter O'Brien refers to this partnership as cooperating in promoting the gospel. That's the heart of our church, amen? Promoting the gospel. Promoting and cooperating together. And together we can do so much more together making a difference for the cause of Christ. In this passage, you'll see the word you that is used. You here is plural, and Paul is saying y'all. All of us, all of us in this room as believers represent Christ and who he is. You and, and you and, and you and you and you and you, all the yous in the room, amen? We get to be a part of what God's doing around the world. Jesus' last commandment to his followers 
was go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe that Jesus' last command must be our first priority. It must be our first commitment. The Great Commission is a command. It's not just a thought. It's not something to process and think about. It is given as a command to take the gospel to the nations. And missions is a move of God to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we all have a role to play with the Great Commission. You don't live where you live by accident. You don't work where you work by accident. You know, with God has a plan. God, God is using you and wants to use you and work in your life to make a difference in the lives of others. Missional churches. There's a missionary by the name of Ed Stetzer. Uh, he writes about missions. He says and makes this statement, missional churches, those focused on living on mission, must remember that Jesus called us to reach people where the gospel is not. We need missional churches engaging in global missions because both are clearly articulated in the teachings of Jesus and the actions of the disciples. That we would be a missional church. That we'd have a heart for missions. And by, the, by God's grace, I believe our church has a heart and we want to grow our heart bigger, amen, for the world and for the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we're not careful... Studies show that the longer a church is in existence, we're here 60 years plus, and what happens, the longer the church is around, we tend to forget the dynamic and the significance of missions, and we oftentimes can become what we call mission amnesia. We just kind of forget about the dynamic and the significance of missions and may that never be at Antioch, amen, church? May we never forget the dynamic and the significance and the importance and the priority, amen, church? Amen, church? Of the priority of the mission that God has for us. We're not playing games, amen, church? We're not playing games. We, we, there's a lot to be done. We live in a world that needs to be brought to Jesus Christ. Watch the news, amen? What's happening around our world God is at work, and God wants to use us to make a, a difference in the lives of others with missions. So mission not only champions God and the gospel transformation, missions depends on prayer. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 9. Then Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore pray earnestly, to the Lord of the harvest to send out the workers into his harvest. He calls you and I to send out into the workers into his harvest. That's his prayer. I, I'm praying the Lord of the harvest. Too often, church family, it's easy for us to minimize the significance and the importance of prayer. In my own personal life, so oftentimes it's like, how can I figure this out first? How can I kind of work through this situation first? And then after I do all that, it's like, okay, then I go to prayer. We, prayer ought to be our first priority, amen, church? To, to pray and go to God. And with missions, prayer is such a big dynamic with missions. Our, our missionaries, we, we need to be praying for them. I think for me personally, praying more for our missions. What they do and what they go through and what they experience. 
Missions depends on prayer. Pastor Steve is leading our church and encouraging our church with this particular verse here in Matthew chapter 9, verse 38, where 9.38 a.m. in the morning or 9.38 at p.m., get your phone, I got my phone on 9.38 at p.m., and we just, it goes off, and we just begin to pray. You don't have to pray a long time, just pray, God, I'm just praying for the Lord of the harvest to send people into the harvest. How can God work in my own personal life with missions? It's just that, that prayer, okay, together, giving that as a church together, making a difference with the gospel of Jesus Christ. E.M. Bounds was a Methodist pastor, rather a famous Methodist pastor back in the day in the 1900s, and he made this statement, the success of all real missionary efforts is dependent on prayer. We think a lot about resources and giving and money, all that's part of it, but the dynamic of prayer, amen, church? Tonight, we're going to gather here at 5 o'clock and, and love to have you come, and we're going to pray together for our missionaries, pray together for God to do what he can do to make a difference in the lives of others. You can come, you can, you can spend 10 minutes here, right, Steve? You can come for 10 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour. Just come in, bring your family with you, and just together pray and say, God, we're praying for you to lead. We're dependent on prayer. Church, I don't think we're dependent enough on prayer. I'm not dependent enough on prayer. It's about what Bob can do and what we can get doing, but it's all about Jesus and who he is and the dynamic of prayer, church, of prayer. He goes on to say the key to all missionary success is prayer, the dynamic of prayer. Listen to the words of Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 and 4, where Paul says, Devote yourself, commit yourself to prayer. Stay alert in it. Stay alert in what? Stay alert in prayer with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door for us for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains so that I may make it known as I should. Here is Paul in prison. He's in chains and he's just praying, God, can you make a difference in the lives of others? It's about prayer. It wasn't even about him trying to get out of prison, right? He's just saying, pray, devote, commit yourself to prayer. I'm not saying you got to pray for 30 minutes. You, you, can, you can pray for 30 seconds. You can pray for a minute, right? You can pray for five minutes. It's not how long you pray. It's just that we pray, amen? That we pray, church. We pray. That phrase, devote yourself to prayer, communicates that consistent, courageously persistent of praying. Stay alert in prayer. Mission not only champions the gospel, the transformation of the gospel, the dependence on prayer. Mission also relies on faithful givers. And Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 8. Paul says, the point is this. The person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he had decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. That is a dynamic section of verses. That is an encouraging passage of what we ought to be doing with missions. So in that 
section, the question is, how do we give based on faithful givers? How do we give? Well, first, we give generously. He says that in the opening verses. Hey, the the point is this. The person who sows sparingly, that means one who lacks generosity, will also reap sparingly. Sparingly has the idea of to be stingy or to be selfish. For the most part of our church, I think that we're not a selfish church. We We don't want to be a stingy church. We want to be, amen, a generous church. A generous church. And Paul is amping it up. It's about generosity. We'll reap generously. So we give generously. We give cheerfully. It's not, he says, you know, we, each person should do as he decided in his heart. So, so you decide, God, lead me in the whole process of giving today. It's not, we're going to tell you how much to give and where to give. It's just, it's you, between you and God, amen? God, how do you want me to work? How do I, how do I give this? Decide in your heart, what am I going to do for world missions? Lead me to give. And so he says, each person should do as he has decided in his heart. And then he says, not reluctantly. That word reluctantly has the idea of being grudgingly, like, like oh, I've, I, I gotta give this. It's just, the church is pressuring us. That's, that's not, we're not doing that at all. It's not about that at all. We don't, we don't give grudgingly. We don't give because we have to give. We give because we get to give. We get to give, church, to make a difference in the lives of others around the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Awesome, amen? I got five of you. I'm gonna go with five of you, all right? So we give generously, we give cheerfully, and again today you decide in your heart what you're going to do. You're going to, you decide in your heart what you're going to do, because God loves a cheerful giver. And we give not in response to pressure, you know, it's, it's giving because we get, we get to give, we give generously, we give cheerfully, we give confidently. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you. So that in every way, always having everything you need, you may also excel in every good work. And the good work is the good work of the gospel. The good work of helping to reach the gospel of Jesus Christ to other people. I believe the gospel motivates generosity. Motivates it. It's been said that giving is not what God wants from you, but what God wants for you. God has been faithful. God is faithful. Generous giving is an opportunity to play the the, the greater role, what what it means to be a part of of missions. It's the the larger story of local and world missions at Antioch. And our missionaries and the others that we support, it's not just about only Antioch, but other churches like our church in our fellowship, Together, we all work together to make it happen. Our, our church couldn't send everybody by itself, but to, there's that, that partnership. I just love partnership, don't you? We get to do this together with other churches like our church to make a difference to get the missionaries where God has called them to go. So they're dependent on our finances. They're, de- they're dependent on support. So Paul wraps up his letter in 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 Philippians, with a phenomenal, what I call a phenomenal promise of supply. Verse 19. And my God, I like that, Paul, it's it's my God. And my God will supply or meet every need or every necessity of yours according to 
his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. I love that my God expresses his personal relationship with Jesus. The context, what Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 is saying, Paul is speaking to his people the gratitude of generosity. They were taking care of Paul, taking care of him, generously taking care of him. God is faithful to supply every need. God is faithful to supply every need. Not every needs, plural, but every, every need. And he says here in the text, according to his riches. Not, not my riches. I don't feel like I'm very rich, right? but yet really, we're all of us really are very, we're rich, right? We're really blessed. But he's saying, it's, so it's according to God's riches that we give. It's, it's God's riches that we give in his glory. It's about his glory. It's not about, it's not about Antioch's glory. It's not about my glory. It's not about Pastor Steve's glory. It's not about your glory. It's about the glory of God, church. And that's good, isn't it? That's good. It's about God. It's not even about us. It's about God and who he is. That word according is a word that means down from his riches, that God is able to, to give you and I down what we need. Philippians chapter 4.19 is a promise to those who sacrificially release their resources for the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is saying in Philippians chapter 4.19, that God is faithful to supply, that God is faithful to provide. In 1792, William Carey challenged his Baptist congregation to take the gospel to unreached lands, and Carey himself became known as the father of modern missionary movement. Later, he chose to go to India as a missionary. A friend of his, Andrew Fuller, described the occasion of Carey going to India with the illustration of holding the rope. Holding the rope. He said... The mission to India seemed like a few men who considered going into a deep, unexplored mine. It was as if Carrie said, I will go if you will hold the rope. I love that illustration. I will go if you will hold the rope. In Essence Church, we are holding the rope for 80-some missionaries at Antioch Bible Baptist Church. And so we hold the rope for encouragement. We, we hold the rope for resources. We hold the rope for uh, finances. We, we hold the rope for their, for their family. We, we hold the rope for their safety. Right? We, we hold the rope for their health. Amen, church? We just, we just hold the rope. Here, little, little Antioch over here, just holding the rope to make a difference in the lives of our missionaries to do what God has called them to do. We are rope holders. I like that. Right? We get to hold the rope God's used it to make a difference for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's awesome. What a gift. We've been given a significant role as a church in missions. It's not a question of if, but a question of when, where, and how that we live out our role as a part of our church family. Our giving strategy for missions, faith promise missions, is that we 
on a yearly basis, we're going to do it today, by God's grace, what can God do in your life this coming year with regard to missions? And you already heard Steve give a great word on that earlier about how that can work in your life. And that's, that's, that's up to you, right? We don't tell you what to do, what to do it, but you make that decision. What does God want you to do? So what is faith promise? I'm, I'm glad you asked the question. Number one, faith promise promotes church involvement for missions. When you start giving, it kind of it gives you involved in missions. You start, you start caring for missions, right? Secondly, faith promise requires faith to give financially to missions. It, it, it's, it's faith. We're, we're just, everything, everything we do is by faith. I mean, I plan to be here tomorrow. I don't know. I plan to be here tomorrow by faith. So we, we, we just give trusting what God can only do in our life. It's not even about the, uh, the amount that you give. It's not about the amount. It's just about giving, giving. Let God take care of the amount right, in your heart and life. And Faith Promise makes that one-year commitment to give to missions. Faith Promise is always ab- above our ties in giving. So it's Faith Promise plus, all right? So it's not... Uh, the tithe is an important part, how we give. Uh, by God's grace, my wife and I started in college. I think it was our junior year. Got married in college. Got married really young. I was 19. She was 20. Just don't ever do that. It was just crazy. I, mean, I, I shouldn't say you don't do it. We're doing great. We're doing fine. I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, like my kids, I say, oh, man, don't do it 19 when you're in college. But we, we just started that. I don't know what we even gave. For, I don't know what we gave for a week. I don't know. Probably maybe a dollar or something. I don't know. what we. It didn't matter. But, but over the years, God, just, just, God has been faithful. God, and, and there are same stories right in this room with you guys. Amen, right? Same stories, how God has worked in your life, how God is faithful in your heart and your life. Faith promise commitment is not how much I can trust God to give me for a faith promise commitment each week. The question is, how much can I give to faith promise each week and still trust God to meet my needs? That's that's the difference there, right? I'm, I'm just, gonna, I'm just, I'm trusting you, God, to give, and that's up to you what that number and what that looks like for you. And faith promise makes it possible for us to partner with with 80 missionaries, uh, 17 ministry organizations. As a church, we we are, we have a, we are a sending church. By that, we have six missionaries who are members of our church. That, that, we, that we sent out. And so as a church, we feel like we have the greater responsibility for them. So all 80 matter, right? But these six from Antioch, right? Just a little bit more resources that they need, how we can help them. Roger and Tammy Akers, the Philippines. Don and Becky Bear, the Philippines. David and Tanya Lyles, Peru. Rachel Tarvin, who grew up in our church as a, she's like a two-year-old when she came here. She's in Peru. Arden and Lisa Smith are in Ireland. Lee and Tina Swanda are in Germany. They, they sat where you sit, right here. They sat here in this church where you sit. So they're a part of our family. So they're, as family, we're going we're gonna to help them and provide for them. Antioch's been faithful to give for the last 26 years. If you've been around Antioch for 26 years or more, thank you for being faithful. And in these 26 years, by the grace of God and the greatness of God, Antioch has given $8.5 million to missions in 26 years. Amen, church? Again, so be careful. 
it's not about the money, but it's about the money, right? So it's not about, wow, look what we're doing. Man, we're just giving all kinds of, no, it's not. It's just, God, thank you, your grace. It, it just, I know Steve, it just blows our mind this last year, Steve. I just, we're humbled by that. Above other givings, $400,000 to missions at Antioch? What a God, amen? What a God. You get to be a part of that. One more. We're going to be done, okay? Number four. Usually you have three points. I'm going to four. I just... <laughs> get your money's worth today, all right? I love this, and it's short. Missions advance God's glory. I love it. Missions is all about God's glory, not Antioch's glory. Amen? It's all about God and who he is and his greatness. And here's what Paul says in Philippians. To our God, I love that, to our God, not just my God, to the Philippians, but our God. And Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. God's glory defines his praise and his honor, his renown, and his greatness and his fame. The glory of God. The doxa of God. As a kid, we sang the doxology every Sunday morning. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Pray. We, just give, we just give him the praise for missions. For who he is and what he is doing. Bottom line, we exist for the expansion of God's glory. And the expansion of God's glory is reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are some 7,000 plus people groups that have no idea who Jesus is. No idea who Jesus is. 7,000 plus around the world that have never heard the word, of, world of, the word of Jesus Christ. John Piper in his book, Let the Nations Be Glad, writes, when it comes to missions, we have three options. Go, send, or disobey. Go, send, or disobey. The closing question today is this. What role will you play in missions? What role will we play as a church in world missions? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the dynamic of the Bible, the Word of God, the Apostle Paul and and these sections of Scripture that just remind us some 2,000 years ago about the significance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here we are 2,000 years later, by your grace, proclaiming this, the significance of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. May you use our church to make a difference in this community and in this world. Thank you for our missionaries. Thank you for last week, the encouragement that we could encourage them and, and this partnership, Father. We thank you for that. And so today, we thank you for this moment as we consider and make the, the commitment of faith promise that, God, you'll use these resources. You'll magnify them and multiply them, God, to make a difference for the cause of Jesus Christ around the world. And Father, before I close this prayer, I pray for even people in this room today that you would, there's people in these seats today that God, you may call them to mission someplace. And maybe you're working on their heart right now, God, to say, I, I just sense I need to make that step to go someplace, to go.
So God, we challenge that and we champion that. We pray in Jesus' name and for his grace. Amen. Thank you for listening. You're always welcome at Antioch. If you desire more information, please go to AntiochBBC.org. That's AntiochBBC.org. God's best to you.